Morning, Giles. Uh, morning, Esther. It's going to be a very short podcast today because... Again? I have found you a story and you don't need to look at any other stories and I found you a story. Okay. So I need to give listeners a bit of background to this story and they will know what it's about so it'll be pretty easy. So this plan that Labour has to put VAT on school fees has set multiple chain reactions in motion. And one of them is that grammar schools are being flooded with applications from families who are currently in private schools. And these would be the much talked about by the Tories families who can only just afford private education. It's very important the Tories focus on them because no one gives a shit about the super rich people, about the Russians and the Chinese and the Indian billionaires throwing the kids in. No one cares about the super posh in Chelsea who send four kids through Eton. No one cares about any of them. The Tories need to make it believe that it's an aspirational issue. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not all about necessarily Eton and Winchester and Harrow. It's about, you know... The fact is that you need to be so rich to send your children to private school, even now, even pre a VAT hike that basically you have... I mean, I do wonder if people are sitting shivering in their cold houses and not turning the heating on so that their children can go to private school. I do sort of wonder if you can save enough pennies by doing that. But those imaginary people, those educational unicorns, are (laughs) key to the Tory notion that and to the survival of the private schools notion Mm -hmm. that it's it is a just about affordable thing for people prepared to make sacrifices. When celebrities... Uh, are apologising for having been at public school. They always say, my parents had to yes. scrimp and save and make sacrifices for me to go yeah. to Eton and Oxbridge and run the world. Yeah. Because it's not okay to say, oh yeah, they're just sending yeah, me home. Yeah, they're just sending me home because I, I actually gra- granny paid for you, so yeah, it actually wasn't a big deal. So, so basically, so, so this VAT on private school fees, which everybody thinks is a kind of a done deal and everybody's very rattled about, one of the objections to it was precisely that overstretched good uh, grammar schools and also the, the good state schools will be massively oversubscribed by people fleeing the private system. And this is compounded by the fact that you are more likely to get into Oxford and Cambridge if you apply from a state school. So this is basically, the whole thing is kind of really arse about. They've got rats fleeing, sinking ships. Well, they have and, created yeah. a situation, I'm only building more of a picture for your excellent story to drop. They've Thank created you. a situation where the, the, the private schools really have nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. All you can say about them, how have, you know, you someone who's uh, been in space for 20 years and comes back and goes, well, how are the public schools getting on? You go, well, now they're twice as expensive and you can't get into Oxbridge from them. Yeah. Oh, why are people going? Yeah, they're not. Yeah. I mean, and all that's going to happen is that the the this other unicorn, the sharp elbowed middle classes, are are going to have the best of everything as usual mm. because they are going to game it and because they are switched on and because they plan for everything two years ahead. I'm talking about me here. And, and they will just nail it. And the people who suffer will be the poorest people, as they always do, because life is unfair. Anyway, so the story, the peg for you, is a new story on page eight of Tuesday's Times. The headline is 11 plus tutors set entrance exams as wealthy parents target grammars. So, so these are now. tutors who, who, who tutor kids past the grammar school exams are setting their own tests. 
to see which kids they're going to take on because they're so oversubscribed. These kids to whom they are going to pay, and let's not pretend that we didn't retain the services of a tutor for a bit to, for, yeah. for, for, for our kids. I can't do maths, neither yeah. can you. And, and some of them you can pay 90 quid an hour for the good ones. Yeah. That is a lot. They are very good though. The reason that the kids want to get into these tutors is so that they can pass the 11 plus to get into the top grammar school yeah. and not have to and not go to public school not go to Eton where it's costing 50,000 a year they don't go to they don't go to private school but they they are they are not in a comprehensive so they will be educated with kids who have it just in the same culture as that and so the knock on effect is going to be that talented kids with no money won't be able to go to these schools so you're saying to the ones who are there watch out the Etonians are coming grammar schools are going to be flooded with uh, you know people who are exiting the private system because they can no longer I mean I don't know how mythical these people are who can't afford the VAT on private school fees private school fees are crazy and then if you stick 20% on the top that starts to become unaffordable yes for example if uh, if Eaton's 50,000 a year you add 20% to that and it's going to cost uh, well I, I was 114th <laughs> on the waiting list for Henrietta Barnett my maths is Just man- okay okay let's do it okay so 50 20% of 50 Neil's looking at you like he can't believe he thinks 10, it's a joke. 60,000. Yes, well done. If you've, and if you've got three children or four Ooh, children. If you've got three children, how much does that cost? Um, six, threes, 18. It's not £180,000 a year, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Is if, it? Yeah, and if you're in the top rate of income tax, paying 45%, yeah, then I'm, how much do you have to earn? I'm not doing that. I don't want yeah. to do that. So That's like one of those multi-step it's, questions. It's, a, it's around £340,000 a year to, 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 put, to put, after tax, to put three children through the new school fees of Yeah, Eaton. yeah, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. And even if you're just you're not going to a boarding school, it's a, it, it, it's a lot. Yeah. So you're thinking the column for you here is some, is some mad thing about tutors. No, what were you thinking? I, I was thinking... How funny it would be! It's a bit like the idea of a, of a, and it, you know that old gag about an Etonian hears about the marvelous value of London buses. So he gets onto a bus and puts his fifty pence down and says, "Take me to twenty-five Eaton Square." <laughs> a bit like the hilarity of uh, an Etonian trying to get the bus driver to take him directly to his house because he'd said what such good value buses were. Yeah. Can you imagine a whole load of, and not necessarily, poor Etonians, they get such a bad rap, but someone from like Stowe <laughs> arriving at our local comprehensive and being baffled as to where the cricket pitch is, for example. Mm. I wondered if that kind of clash of cultures might make quite a fun In his wing collar and all that. Yeah. Uh, it would be a, if you've never met an Etonian before, Here's what he says and here's what he means. That's good, because what you don't want is to write a column saying that all comprehensives are shit, right? You don't, that's not nice or funny. It's, I mean, I'm gonna, it's, it's cheap shots at public school boys. Yeah. What, for example, when he says one for show and one for blow. What does that mean? I genuinely don't know. Those who can't always carry two handkerchiefs. You have oh. one in the top pocket for one, one in the top pocket for the one, and one in the one for blowing your nose. One for show, one for blow. It's not what you think it is. That's very funny. Um, they also, they have sort of slang. I don't know Etonian slang. You can look it up very when easily. When he says, oh, yeah, no, like, I need to talk to the history beak. Yeah. Because um, they call them beaks, don't they? They do still call them beaks very much, yeah. I'm sure there must be kind of... Mufti, everyone knows what Mufti is. They don't use Mufti No, anymore. do they? Well, do you remember, after going to your grammar school, when you went to Westminster, Yeah. Uh, do you remember what we at Westminster used to call Mufti? No, Mufti. Shag. Oh, it was shag. <laughs> Do you remember that? Of course, it was oh, shag. It was shag. No, it was shag. They, oh my God, I totally forgot about like shag. One Friday a term, there'd be a shag. Shag day. day. Yeah. 
get really excited and it's just oh he's wearing Corin's wearing jeans because it's shag day shag day oh my god that just fell out of my head completely yeah yeah shag day do you remember what sport was called a station station yeah so oh what station are you doing oh I'm up water up water yeah being up water meant I do rowing but that, but that is, um, but that's all really specific to actual school. But look, if you sit down and think about it, there is lots and lots of fun to be had. With like, brace yourselves, the public school boys are coming, and this is what Boy, they're talking how about. How will the schools change? Will they at Ackland Burley up the road? Will they all end up wearing wing collars and top hats? Maybe. Uh, and playing rugger. Uh, I quite liked the Times Up for Mayfair. Oh, yeah, that's today, Story. page 19. Today, Today page 19. Uh, wealthy Indians are said to be avoiding Mayfair in London because there are so many watch thefts, claiming Delhi is safer and you won't be mugged there. Now, I don't think the Indian thing is necessarily relevant for Indian read foreign rich people because it came it, it came, came about because David yeah. Lammy David Narang a renewable energy entrepreneur told a meeting attended by David Lammy the shadow foreign secretary that an increase in luxury watch thefts in the capital was a big concern for him now I love the fact that he's got Lammy there I like David Lammy uh, he, he sort of was a bit of a sort of time server under Corbyn he put up with that David Lammy is quite left wing and he, he will hope to go on to be our first black prime minister. Right. He's a serious progressive thinker. And he's gone to India. And the thing they've told him they're worried about getting their expensive watches nicked. Yeah. Which is not going to... David Lammy is not going to, in the forthcoming election, say, in the Labour Party, we will protect billionaires' watches. We will make the, we will make the streets... The streets of, of Mayfair far safer. Yeah. Far safer. This is a, this is a terrible scope. Because what's... The, David Lammy, if he were ever spotted wearing such a watch, mm-hmm. for example, he would almost certainly lose his job for being out of touch. Yeah. So this, this, this guy, whereas in India, they haven't yet got to. In India, with this booming economy, mm-hmm. they haven't got to a place where expensive watches are bad yet. I mean, no, not everyone no, has no. here. We, I just think, you know, egregious show of wealth. Good thing in India, which is trying to become the biggest... He says, he says with, 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 with great candour uh, in the piece, he says, Narang said, Indians do carry expensive things. But the police not responding is a matter of concern. London is a walking city. You don't want to look over your shoulder all the time. Yeah, I mean, anyone... I mean, we both grew up in London, and we... But I would, n- I would no. never... I don't even wear jewellery on the tube, okay. because you're going to get it nicked. The, the, there's a number of things here. So I've got, I've got a sort of double-edged piece here. There's, there's what I think about people who wear expensive watches yeah. and what has happened to Mayfair. Uh-huh. I, I, I haven't worn a watch since I was 10. Yeah. Uh, you don't really need to wear a watch. Uh, even before the, I, mean, I hadn't worn one for twenty years before the arrival of the uh, mobile phone, uh, which now tells you what the time is. And because of it, I would look up at the, you know, mm. look, look, look up in the air in any city, and you'll see a clock pretty soon that's still working, and will tell you the time. And I've also got a really good sense of the time. Ask me what the time is. What's the time? Without turning around and looking at the clock, the time is. I'm feeling a quite strong. <laughs> I'm feeling a quite strong ten fifty. Well, it's quite very far out for you. It's 11.07. I'm out by 10 minutes. My spark, you're normally out by about two or I'm three minutes. I'm normally within two or three minutes, yeah. aren't I? So I just basically think that, and that's it, but how much closer than 10 minutes do you really need to, to no, know the time? No, not at all. That's good enough. It's, mm. a, it's a, you know. Mm-hmm. I, the only reason I was out is because it's cloudy. Normally I can look up and see the, <laughs> the sun in the <laughs> Shut sky. Shut up, you idiot. Well, <laughs> but um, 
no, but, but wearing a watch is then is just a, a show of a thing. Now, of course, look, someone might buy their husband a, a watch for their because it's people want to be able to give a man something. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a form of jewellery, which I don't approve of men wearing really anyway. And then you get into this thing where they cost £5,000 and £10,000 and £20,000 mm-hmm. and they are illusory. It's always a diver's watch, an astronaut's watch, a moon watch. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, I remember being a kid, it's water resistant to 10,000 feet below the sea, below which no mammal can survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why have they made it? Like, and it's this sort of status thing. It's a thing to be able to buy. Uh, Andrew Tate, I think, has a lot of them, doesn't he? Probably. Isn't that a thing with him? Or is he just... It's just... And cars. I mean, it's just, it, I, I mean, I think that it is... You don't have to spend long in London before you, you start dressing down, you know? if you, you have to. I go about looking like I fell out of a bin on purpose. Is that why you do it? Yes. I thought it was just to try and cool my romantic ardour. That too. That has a, a, a very pleasant side effect of cooling your ardour. But yeah, no, I, I, I look at some girls on the tube and they've got the... I don't know if it's fake or what, but they're carrying this stuff around. And they've got this, this. They're dripping with this stuff, and I just think you are really asking for trouble. But also, I do. I feel like how can they tell? But like so how can you, they tell a watch is expensive without no, getting quite out close? Because they go to Mayfair. If you see something, yeah. if you see a great big watch that looks like a Rolex, uh, uh, on, uh, just in a in a kebab shop on Green Lanes, it, I mean it might be. Yeah. Uh, but but the chances are that it's equally likely to be a fake. Whereas in Mayfair. It's probably real. And the other thing would be that about Mayfair being over, London being over, centre of London. Why, the centre of London if is it, If this is a place where literally Indian billionaires are besieging our foreign secretary to be, saying we can't invest in it unless you can make Mayfair safe for us to wear our expensive watches, yeah. you think, yeah, what is Mayfair really? And I could just sort of write a sort of a bit of a lament for Mayfair. Yeah, I'd, a lament for Mayfair. I'd want to not be too xenophobic about it. Uh, but it could, there is an idea okay. of Mayfair, what Mayfair was and what Mayfair meant at mm. the time of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Bertie Wooster mm. was sort of lived in Mayfair and hung out Did in, he? I think so, or Belgravia or somewhere like yeah. that. Um, what it has now become is this mm-hmm. place where everything is deliberate. Mount Street, uh, where admittedly there is Scots, which I like, but there is a sort of deli there where you pay yeah a hundred quid for a slice of truffle pizza yeah. in your lunch break. So your your piece is a lament for Mayfair, which is completely over. I also feel like you know is London just going to turn into New York in the bad old days, where it just like wasn't very safe. A different piece. It is a different piece, and a, also a boring piece. So um, <laughs> yeah, I those think, two things. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, it's 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 do we care? Who care? I give a fuck if they nick your watch. Would be my point. Mayfair's a shithole and watches are for wankers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So did you, there was a story yesterday, a pod of trapped orcas yep. in the... Arctic ice, and you did you see the picture? I did, and they're all. Um, it looked like stargazy pie. Going, ah, it did look like stargazy pie. Yeah. a pie with the with the bird's head poking mm-hmm. along it, going. Mm-hmm. And there was this terrible thing with the pack ice. Uh, and what are they going to do? And did you see the denouement this morning? No, Just I didn't. All dead everywhere. Oh. Only kidding. Oh, they got away. Oh yay! Exactly. Oh my god. 
see how see how oh <laughs> did they did they cut them out of the ice see or what? how they exploited it <laughs> they just fucking swam away because they're yeah. fish mm. uh you know th- this was the thing so the, they the swam one, away to terrorize more spanish they, fishermen they, they, um they they this was the thing they showed this thing and there's this i want this this narrative about the, the natural world which i demonstrated a lot of brilliantly there by by the way i the way i played with your emotions because like what are yeah. the two outcomes is they're wild fucking animals they're big fish mm-hmm. i know they're not fish but they're big fish uh they they there's a bit of a sort of what we, we fucked up the planet thing so we're responsible for these things, things guilt, are, guilt 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 uh we feel this sort of responsibility for the natural world so it's always oh tragic beached whale we, we seem to have fucked up whales I think orcas are fine I think there's quite a lot of orcas I think there are yeah, uh, it's, 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 the, it's the blue whales the sperm whales the right whales but they're all coming back anyway it was just people saw this thing and once it was on the internet once it was on Instagram once it was on, on, on TikTok it became this thing for which we were all responsible and they, they were these pli- they, were, they were calling on people to, to, to deploy icebreakers and save these whales and this morning it's just yeah whales swam away so I wonder what the column is there how, how have we become to a situation where a killer whale is seen as a thing <laughs> that it's our responsibility to look after uh, and the thing is that they, they, these killer whales or orcas are freed from the ice and then as I said just go and monster Spanish fishing ships that, yeah. they're all fi- I mean, but I only for fun still, because they're well there are a number of theories as to why it's happening they think they, they're the one I the theory I like the most is that orcas operate in a matriarchal society right so they, there is one lead female who's basically in charge and sets the culture oh People, so they just got lost no, they haven't got lost. There she, a, she was a, navigating. A, an, an orca. She got left and right confused. And now, no, that's couldn't me. read a map. The orca, Follow me, lads. The orca they all end up. <laughs> had a bad experience with some fishing vessel. Something happened, and she is directing her entire pod to go after the fishing boats. These whales were probably just going along, uh, and then there was a hole in the ice. They go, oh, we'll go up and have a breathe. Because that's what whales do. And they had a breathe and they had a look around and then they left. I I don't know. It's just something about... I just felt the dickishness of the human race was underlined by the rolling story on the BB News website. Whales trapped in sea. Yeah. Whales gone from sea to another bit of sea. Whales disappear. Missing whale report. I don't know. Dickish. Um, A couple of other things. I have a possibility for an actual column of great... Uh, oh, we haven't done the French not having sex. Oh, did that? Should we brief? No, well, we'll do that afterwards. Uh, I thought about this. Mm-hmm. First of all, what do we think? He asked rhetorically of the way that the King's Cancer story is being presented in the papers. Um, I mean, the the Times front page yesterday that that unintentionally hilarious headline from the Times, which literally just says the King has cancer. So having said that the king has cancer was unintentionally hilarious, I think because we're monarchists in this family, we must just explain why. If you look at it, it's a picture of the king looking rather pleased with himself. Yeah, he looks great. He's standing there between two open curtains, as it were, at Buckingham Palace, with with one of his classically natty, um, two-button, single-breasted, blue, slightly too long-trousered... It's not double-breasted. That's why I described it as a... Double button, single breasted. All right then. All uh, right, all right, all right. Suit um, with a with a with a break in the cuff right, and his Bo black shoe. Yeah, look. <laughs> Sorry. He's got his hands behind his back, and it's kind of one well, has something to tell you. And it's just they. It's anyway. But the point is, um, the next day it's Harry reunited with father after diagnosis. What I mean is they're having a bit of a feeding frenzy. Oh so yeah, it's the Daily Mail's bonkers. got 
Harry spends just 45 minutes with Charles. And then what are the different aspects we can look at? The left just can't wait to politicise King's cancer. Harry's 5,500 mile flight to his father's side. And then, and then Liz Jones, Charles, we need you to be OK so that we're OK. But what we don't know is what kind of cancer it is or whether it's, cause it's, whether it's the bad kind. Because, you know, if the king has cancer, as a headline in 1952, when King George VI had it, means That's he's it. dead. Yeah. He's dead. So whatever. there are any number of cancers that the king could have which will be fine. Uh, there are any number of bits of him they can cut off and we've still got a king. Uh, and <laughs> Not the crown jewels, though. Yeah, pff, we'd still have a king. Did him. Um, if they'd done that a bit earlier, we'd have solved a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, but we, we, I'm assuming they were... I mean, he went in for a prostate thing, so they were rootling... Because they, 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 they found it while mm-hmm. doing his prostate, so it's down there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't find a cancer in someone's ear while poking around in their bum hole, would you? So no. it is something... It's bowel, it's testicle, it's... Anyway, won't be doing that. I could just say this reminds me of the terrible evening when I got a phone call from my father saying, uh, what are you doing this evening? And I was, well, I'm out having dinner with some people who've won me in a raffle. (laughs) As plus a change. As usual, six women in a restaurant on Millbank. And he said, oh, uh, I said, is it important? He said, oh, well, nothing. Do you want to pop around later? And I said, I won't be finished uh, till about 11. And he, he said, well, I'm not going anywhere. We won't be asleep. Right. It might be midnight. Don't. We'll be. And I then. At that point, you go. Uh. Uh-uh. At that point, I then have to be jolly for four hours, mm. uh, much like a royal. Uh, and it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. And Absolutely terrible. For the ne- and they were all going. Ah. Oh, so what's it like being a restaurant critic? Had to do. Then I had to there. go around. Yeah. Then, and my dad opened the door, front door of his house, and said, "Well, I went for a scan, and it wasn't pneumonia." Uh, and then I started crying when and you know it's cancer and then went inside and sat down and uh, it was very sad and then he died um, not the same day not the same day not, not long afterwards no but I mean, his, like, his decline was quite swift though wasn't it, wasn't yeah, yeah, it was like it was less than three months mm. um, well okay you're like me in that or I'm like you or whatever in that one of the reasons why we don't do very emotional pieces very often is because it feels manipulative and the thing that you and I are not particularly is manipulative as a columnist also you might look at what have I got to add if I were freelance and trying to sell a piece to the mail yes then they would have the thing with it as King breaks terrible news to his son Mm -hmm. one a uh, famous writer recalls the terrible day when his father gave him some news, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. And I would then write, it was a, you know, it was a cold evening and I was a little bit pissed and I was doing this thing and I got the call that I dreaded all my life. And, and I did. And he was considerably, my dad, considerably younger than the king. Um, and it did, that is a very good question as well. What, what are you adding? What are you adding to this? Um, uh, maybe I won't do that then. Sorry. So you're thinking on reflection, having thought about it, then maybe maybe you'll leave it alone. Yeah. Leave it for the memoir. Yes. Make Have a, we got... a really boring chapter of the memoir. <laughs> did you see the story about the French not having as much sex as we think they I did? certainly did. Okay, have you got it there? Yeah, no sex silver play with French. Okie dokie. Yes, such is their reputation for being passionate and skilled lovers, the French even have a kiss named after them, but their global standing as experts in amour uh, might be under threat after a study that shows France is losing its appetite for sex, with many citizens more excited about browsing social media or reading a book. Like everybody. Well, well, there's exactly. The French aren't having much sex anymore. Who is? And also, did they ever? Did they ever? There's so many multiple things, and there's also a thing about their watching telly. 
and, and then also it's like 53% of Je regardais men, le télé. That 53% of men between 18 and 35 have turned down sex because they wanted to play video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all, it's all, there's all an awful lot of nonsense in it, but it is obviously quite funny. If, if the idea is... So a, a newspaper like The Times depends on certain xenophobic tropes. Yeah, don't we all? To, for, to, to get along. So it's the sort of humour of... It's sort the of, Germans uh, are efficient. The Spanish love sausage. Um, the Spanish love sausage. Yeah, you, chorizo. You live, in, you live in a world of wrong xenophobia. The Do Germans I, eat sausage. No, but the Spanish love... Uh, the, the, Span- the Spanish smell of garlic. Oh, that's the French. <laughs> the Spanish are lazy. Oh, that's Mexicans. But anyway, <laughs> oh, the point is... No, look, we're in a, it's a way that the... No, it's just that the Times world in which France is the city of love, yes. it needs those shortcuts of course. To, to, to hobble from one thing to the next. And you're <laughs> quite right, the Germans are, are efficient. And, and but you know, so the, the Swiss. The Scots are dour. And the yeah. Irish like Guinness. I mean, the Irish yeah, do yeah. like Guinness. But, do I mean, like Guinness. But, but where does it come from, the myth of the French lover? Yes. What does it mean to be seduced by a Frenchman? It's the land of wine. He gets you pissed and then goes, oh, and then rams his tongue down your throat. Uh, and that was for a long time considered great until the idea. But women, it turns out, never wanted that. And now that a woman has to consent to sexual activity, it's not happening in France. I do. It's a very, very good question. Where where does this city of love, where does this reputation well, come from? Also, they are, they were, the, for a long time, they were the other. Everyone talks mm. about, you know, there is the notion of the black sex myth. There is, mm. in, in the war, American servicemen, overpaid, oversexed and over here. Whether, mm-hmm. whether you're American or black or Brazilian, whatever, there's certain tropes that create in the, in the mind of the, of the small penis uh, neurotic Englishman yeah. this picture of someone who might want to be having sex, whose wife might be wanting to be having sex with. Right. Whether it's Theophilus P. Wilderbeast or, or Elvis Presley or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you're, the French are the closest neighbours. For, 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 for two thousand years, yeah. the French were all you had. Right. You couldn't see Americans. You couldn't see African right. people. Yeah. All you could see was French people mm-hmm. who were different. And you had to assume when your wife, as all women do, stopped wanting to have sex with you six months after marriage, she must be wanting to do it with a Frenchman. Right. Okay. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But all the Frenchmen were ever. So there's the myth. And all. The, and then it turns out now that the French aren't having sex, that all the French were really doing was was forcing themselves upon women who now don't want it. Um, I'm not sure that's where I would go with the story. I saw the story and immediately thought, what if all other stereotypes of nations were busted open in this way? So you're saying the French no longer... The question is getting it over 1,200 words. The Mm. French no longer have sex. Um, The Germans no longer drive fast on the Autobahn and stop for a sausage. Yes. Um, or, Or rather, it turns out that... Perhaps the Germans... Perhaps the Germans aren't as efficient as we think they are. Maybe the Swiss secretly hate chocolate. The autobahns are full of potholes and they all ride bicycles. I'm not sure this is... I'm not sure this is. Okay, well, one could hop straight to the Daily Mail, page 13. Uh, Owners tell dogs I love you more than their other half. Yeah, okay, so owners... And this is English people, right? So while the French have stopped having sex, the English people have literally moved on to dogs. Wanting to have sex with their dogs, yeah. Four in ten owners, British owners of dogs, tell their pet they love them more than their other half. Um, and obviously, I would relate this directly to you because you visibly love Iris more than you love. No, me. Iris is just more responsive than you are. Is she? Yeah. I mean, she can't talk. Or does she talk to you with her eyes? Is that what's going on? She's like you. She's she's happy when she's being fed. She'll cuddle me in bed at night to keep until she warm, gets remotely but uncomfortable. The moment I 
start looking frisky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you could relate it back to the orcas. Well, it, it, it's all. I've got as much chance of shagging an orca as I have of shagging my wife. Yep. With, uh, more probably. You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. To find out what I wrote about in the end, pick up a copy of the paper or treat yourselves to a digital subscription. Mm-hmm.